Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Torsky Tuesdays. I am your host, Hanani Abraham. We are starting episode 36, chapter 12, in Happiness and the Human Spirit, the Spirituality of Becoming the Best You Can Be, where we will continue to go through the amazing teachings of Abraham J. Torsky. Just to reiterate, last few podcasts were all on the concept of purpose and creating meaning. And I would highly recommend going over the last two or three podcasts just to sort of get that sense of what purpose is and the difference between what the ultimate goal is, family goals, personal goals. And that could be very, very helpful for achieving this concept of happiness and where happiness actually comes from and how correlated it is together with happiness and purpose. So here we are, starting chapter 12, the ability to search for truth. And obviously, anyone that has at any point encountered a book of self-help or the Holocaust or the both or some college or psychology of some sort is familiar with this concept of the ability to search for truth. We are, well, this is going to be talked a little bit about Abraham Maslow is going to be brought in over here, one of the famous psychologists in the 50s and 40s. But the book that I'm thinking of is Man's Search for Meaning, which on it, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I really would like to start a podcast just to go through that book. It's probably from uh, non-religious literature. It's my Bible in that sense. And it's something that uh, was so helpful to me. I learned so much from and helped clear up so many personal questions that I had. Highly, highly recommend that book. If there's something that you take from this entire entire podcast, it's to get hold of that book. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. By, uh, I think it's Beacon, Beacon Publishers, I think. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it is Beacon. I'm looking at my, one of my copies here. I have eight copies of the book and I give them out to clients all the time to borrow. Anyway, so starting off page 99, the ability to search for truth. Do animals misinterpret reality the way that people do? I think not. We humans are uniquely capable of distorting reality, often resulting in harmful consequences. We lie because we think it will be to our advantage. We misinterpret reality because we have the need to do so. The psychiatrist Abraham Maslow made a simple but profound statement. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. A person is only able to see the outlook of life based on where they're from. I know this is a little bit of a joke, but I'm in supervision with uh, a fellow therapist who I hold to higher regard. And she, every time there's a case that comes up, always says, well, what's the trauma? What's the trauma? And while we used to joke about it, but I think there's a lot of truth to that and saying that there's, there's something behind a lot of issues that are talked about in our supervision not to say every single person that has an issue has has trauma that's not what we're saying at all but at the same time the cases that we talked about are, are the more complex ones or we need someone to shoot ideas off and make sure that we're, that we're dealing with it right and she thinks of it of what's the trauma what's the trauma realizing also that there's a concept that she does deal with a lot of trauma so it makes sense that she's going to see it from, from from that point of view but going back to what abraham maslow was saying and those of you that are not familiar, Abraham Maslow is one that has the famous study of Pavlov's dogs. 
Um, he talks about that a lot, even though it's not his story, uh, um, study, but it's it's something that he's he's talked about a lot. It's that study is done in. in Actually, I am sorry. I am mixing up Abraham Maslow with someone else. Abraham Maslow was actually, um, I think he was from Manhattan, went to, I want to say City College of New York in the 30s, not the 50s, like I said before. Um, but he actually is famous for the hierarchy of needs. He has seven steps of the hierarchy for needs. And you can Google it, and I know some of them have to do with the physiological safety regarding job security, love and belonging needs, um, like friendship, esteem, and self-actualization. I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I think that's some of the uh, the concepts of what one of the things that he's famous for is the hierarchy of needs. Uh, anyway, going back over here. So he has he Abraham Maslow said if you if all you have is a hammer everything looks like a nail. We all have a need to feel useful. If I am an expert in, in fixing things, I am likely to see everything as broken in as broken. Our personal needs may cause us to misinterpret reality and to distort the truth. Yet as much as we have the ability to distort the truth, we surely have the unique ability to search for truth. This quest, however, is replete with pitfalls. The human intellect is extremely vulnerable to distortion by the human will. I think it's important to say that over again. I'm saying this for myself, but I'm just going to read it out loud. The human intellect is extremely vulnerable to distortion by the human will. I sort of look at that as the concept of intellect that's only by humans. If you have a boxer and he's trying to throw a, a left punch... He has to remember that he better be really fast because if he takes too long to throw the punch, if the other guy has a quick snap, he can break his jaw in a second because he's leaving himself vulnerable in that, in that moment that he's opening up his arm to give him a nice left hook. That's the same thing we're talking about here regarding the concept of intellect. Intellect is something that we're always striving to do more of and use to our own benefit. But it could be make us extremely vulnerable to distortion on human will. We have to be very careful of how we're going to be using that concept. Rationalization is one of the mind's shrewdest maneuvers, and the ability of our minds to defend our desires is truly remarkable. Rationalization versus truth. Again, just finishing up over here on the bottom of page 99. A customer in a camera store bargained with their proprietor for a lower price. Reluctantly, the property lowered the price, and the man brought the camera and paid in cash. After the man left the store, the proprietor counted the money and found that the man had by mistakenly paid an extra $50 more than the agreed-upon price. The proprietor would have called the man back and returned the excess money, but instead she reasoned, this is really the money he should have paid. He didn't, she did not feel that she was doing any wrong by keeping the excess money, even though she had agreed to the lesser amount. Rationalization is an interesting phenomenon. We use it most often not to justify our behavior to others, but convince ourselves of what we wish to believe. We find logical reasons to defend their behaviors instead of true reasons. I the, the think there are two things that come to mind over here. The New York Lottery. Hey, you never know. That concept has caused probably billions of dollars to be wasted. 
hey, you know, let, let me rationalize spending this one or two dollars over here because hey, you never know. And I'll, I'm willing to gamble two dollars to make a couple of million or a couple of tens of, or hundreds of million. So imagine if you have 60, 70, 80 million people doing that every single lottery. And they're saying, eh, you never know. That's how we rationalize what we're doing in that situation. Another example that I think of is a concept of you seeing commercials a lot. You deserve this. You deserve to go away and to spend on that luxury item or that luxury mobile phone or automobile or vacation, first-class seat, five-star, 20-course meal. Now, I'm not saying a person shouldn't be enjoying themselves in life. If anything, please enjoy yourself, and you should. And I think something that he's, he's talked a little bit about over here in, his, in, in this book is the concept of enjoying life. But when we rationalize it and say that I need this, it's something that you need, you earned it, really says who? Where are you getting that from? It's literally just the marketing people putting a ploy on us. And though we end up deceiving ourselves, we may feel satisfied with how we got there. But I do believe, and that's, that, that last sentence was from Dr. Torsky, I do believe that that is going to be short-lived. Continues Dr. Torsky, a very logical rationalization fueled by an intense emotion Emotional drive may have formidable tendencies. Any argument that challenges a conclusion of such rationalization is likely to be rebutted or simply ignored. A recovering alcoholic once said, I am in, I, in my 30 years of drinking, I never took a drink unless I had concluded that it was the right thing to do at that point. What a great thing to say. Anything that we do, we justify, whether it's a bad behavior, whether it's an unhealthy behavior. Oh, I need this. That can put us in a very, very, very dangerous place. Two more paragraphs over here to finish up this part of this really, really important message. This is the this is the way desires for self gratification subvert the quest for truth. Excuse me. A sincere search for the truth requires that we try to find reasons for concepts that are contrary to our beliefs. Researchers, for example, have been known to overlook findings that tend to disprove their theories, not because they are dishonest, but because their desire to prove their theory binds them to any facts that may disprove it. That's why one of the things I always look for in research, because I think research is something that can be looked at either way. You can find research that will support the use of certain psychedelic drugs for uh, mental health disorders. But at, you'll also find plenty of studies that will show the other way. You can really, you have to be very careful how when you're reading studies or when you're hearing about studies show, research shows. I think one of the things that I've learned um, has, uh, has have started a doctorate program, unfortunately not completing it yet, but what I learned about research is that look for the flaws in the research. Meaning a lot of times in the first page of the research to show the method that they used or what their findings were that they'll say in the paragraph, they'll also say limits or limitations section. Probably about a couple of, uh, of paragraphs. I think it sort of shows where that study can grow more. And a lot of times, a lot of research doesn't show that part. And I would say I have tried really hard to never quote, to never write about a research study that didn't have that limitations section of it because they could be biased too. Everyone is biased in some way, shape, or form. But I guess another word for bias we're saying now is 
justification. Researchers, continues Dr. Tversky, who are sincere in their, in their quest for truth will list the various hypotheses to that disagree on their theory, like we were just mentioning. Lawyers may use a similar technique to convince jurors of the truth. A highly successful attorney once told me, I know that the jury thinks I can see only the things that favor my client. When I present my case, I first list all the arguments in favor of the other litigant, and I show the jury in what way these arguments have merited. Then I will go on to dismantle all those points. That way the jury knows that I have given serious consideration to the opponent's viewpoint, and they will be more inclined to believe my client. Pretty fascinating way of going about things, because you're showing the other side. And I think any time a person can make themselves vulnerable, most importantly for themselves, where they themselves are in a position to now see the other side. Now, you want to continue doing that thing? Great. You want to go ahead and, and get that, that manicure, that pedicure, that massage. You want to get that, that, that beverage that costs a couple of extra dollars or the extra bottle of, of, of alcohol or that really good piece of meat for a weekend dinner? Go ahead. And you should. And you know what? You probably do deserve it. But also know when and how to use that. Know how to counter that and know that there has to be a balance. Last paragraph over here to finish up for today. Perhaps, says Dr. Torsky on the top of page 101, you have had this common experience. When your alarm clock rings, you dream a scene in which there is a ringing of a bell. This is your mind's way of allowing you to sleep longer and ignore that alarm clock. But just think, your mind could not have fabricated that scene until the alarm clock rang. Within a fraction of a second, your mind conjured up a complete scene to protect your sleep. Similarly, wow, it's crazy how far our bodies will go and how far we will go to justify something. Similarly, our minds can ingeniously conjure up a variety of reasons to justify gratifying a desire, like we were saying before, and we may believe that reasons because we want to. A person believes what they want to believe. The quest for truth, as it says here in quotations, and for some reason, like I mentioned before, I always make hand motions, so I'm literally right now making air quotations with my hands. Not sure why I'm doing that, but hopefully you guys got that message with what I just said. So the last sentence over here, the quest for truth component of spirituality, therefore, requires that we be alert of our all-too-human quest for justification. And I sort of look at this as you ever hear people um, trying to fight a certain principle or fighting a, um, a reason why they may be right in something. It's for the principle of the matter. I need the extra 50 cents back from the store because to show them the concept of being honest. I'm obviously being a little bit facetious here, but that concept of why we do things, are we doing it for justification purposes? Are we doing it for selfish purposes? Are we doing it for the pleasure principle that we talked a little bit about? Why is it that I am looking to do that thing? And like we said, just to recap over here, we have to see the connection and the differences and also the correlation between rationalization and truth. And the only way we do that to see that this quest for truth is to also understand justification and how things will eventually affect us. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. We're finishing up exit, exit uh, episode 36. And God willing, next time we will start on page 101, honesty versus truth. Any questions, comments, concerns, or critiques, 
please reach out anonymously if you want to koshercounseling at gmail.com.